All right, I want to I want to uh, preach a message today called Paths. Um, this is this is something that we refer to on a regular basis. There's a lot of information about about the principle of the path. There's a book by a guy named Andy Stanley. Some of you guys know him. He can be uh, he has been controversial in the body of Christ. Um, I've I've met him before. We've been in conferences with him. So um, a lot of what he has to say is really good. He's pushing the envelope on some things. So if you guys, it just just kind of a helpful concept. If you hear something about somebody on the internet, you know the internet's never wrong. So you can just put complete faith and trust in that. Or, <laughs> or you could maybe just you know do a little research yourself and find out exactly. Sometimes it's helpful to just go listen to what it is that they said in context, because again, this is some, a tool that people use to manipulate all the time, is to pull things out of the context and use it as a standalone word or phrase and make it mean something it completely doesn't mean. That's why, you know, we share about this all the time, about why it's so important to be biblically literate. In other words, read your Bible, study your Bible, because it's too easy nowadays for, you know, especially with Facebook and social media, um, to put little excerpts of scripture. And, and that's great for the most part, the problem is too, too often we pull those things out of the context they're in and they actually mean something totally different than when you read them in context. So it's really helpful to do that. So um, again, I use that to say that oftentimes I'll share with you know some people who, um, that we've connected with. Karen is talking about Sean Bolts. You really want to find some fun stuff on the internet. Um, look Sean Bolts up because he is highly controversial, right? And the reason why is because what he's doing is either one of two things. We've been in his meetings before. Um, and so what he's doing is either one of two things. He is either a charlatan to the nth degree in the sense <clears throat> that he is planting people all over the, all over the entire United States, right? <laughs> he's planting people in his meetings. He's, he's having them give him their information and he's sharing it on the stage as if it's God. So he is either a complete, absolute, horrible charlatan that is leading us all astray or <laughs> he's actually doing what he says he's doing. So, and again, I've been, I've been around uh, words of knowledge in the prophetic ministry for something like 30 years, and I could tell you some stories that make your hair stand up. That's one reason why I don't tell all the stories that I have. I got a bunch of stories. I'll start to tell it, and I'm like, mm -mm, don't do that. They're not going to believe, you're not going to believe me, right? Because it's supernatural. And most people live in a worldview that is only natural. In other words, um, there was a, a, a recent I say recent, it's been out for a little while, where Ravi Zacharias, who's an apologist, um, a great guy, he's, he's probably not uh, a spirit-filled guy, like you know a lot of Pentecostals or Charismatics might be, but he's open-minded in the things of the spirit. So anyway, he's sharing, um, he, he's at a conference or at a, um, at a college, university, and the, there's this famous question that always gets asked. It's always, he said, if, you, if we could take questions and write them down before we get to the, to the university to do our, our talk, he said, I promise you, we will write down the same 10 questions that everybody's going to ask. They're just going to ask them in different ways. And the reason why is it's the same stuff that we're all going through. We all have the human condition, right, of sin, brokenness. We all have worldviews. These things are all true. So this guy shares in the meeting, he says, he starts out this way, and he says, since we know that God isn't real, that's how he starts. So here's, here's the thing, and this is what happens so often if you're not paying attention, is there's an assumption that's given that you just should accept, Right? That's the whole point of an assumption. But if, you, but if you just wait on that and say, you know what, I'm not gonna just receive the assumption, I'm actually gonna wait. 
So he goes through and he says, since, you know, since we all know that God's dead and science has proven God is wrong, then, you know, this whole determinism thing is, you know, if God is omniscient and he's so powerful, then, you know, he knows we're going to sin. So the fact that we sin, he already knows we're going to do it. So how can he judge us for it? So I think, you know, even if there is a God, he's a charlatan. And, you know, Ravi Zacharias, it's not his first rodeo. And so, and I love this. This is part of study and being biblical literate and, and, and really going after these things. This is not the first time he's thought about this himself, of course. It's not the first time he's answered this question. So this is what he said. He said, have you ever heard of a scientist by the name of David Berlinski? And the guy says, well, of course. He's one of the most famous physicists ever lived. And he said, yeah. He said, um, I'm, I'm guessing he's probably at least as smart as you are. Right, and of course the guy laughs. <laughs> and then he said, I find it interesting that this man, who has the same exact scientific information as you, came to a different conclusion than you did. I wonder what that's about. <laughs> Which is a, a really nice way of going, you might be arrogant and proud and you might want to sit down and just listen instead of talk as much, right? So here's why I'm saying all that. I'll share people from time to time and I'll share about Andy Stanley. You'll hear us talk about Bill Johnson. You'll hear us talk about Sean Boltz. Um, everybody has challenges. If you want to take snapshots of people who've been broken in the past, um, nobody gets free, right? We're all going to have some challenges in our life. What we look for is patterns. And what we try to do as a church, when we talk about people and we, from the front, we announce, hey, go see this guy, right? We're not saying he's perfect. We're definitely not saying he's Jesus. We're just saying that he's operating in something that we've seen in a mature way that we feel we can celebrate right now, right? Now he maybe goes off the deep end and, you know, and creates his own cult at some point. <laughs> we won't go with him. Y'all with us? And we don't want you guys to go with him either. So the same thing is true here. When I share things on Sunday morning, you know, part of the role that God has given us as leaders is to equip the body of Christ, to equip you for the work of ministry. And so what I want to talk to you about today is, is I want to talk about paths. And, and the, it's an interesting principle in scripture that is both natural. In other words, there are paths just like geographically. You can get on a path and you can walk somewhere like in, you know, the Appalachian Trail or whatever. If you get on that on that path, on that trail, and you walk a certain amount of distance, you're going to end up in Maine, right? That's just how it's going to work. If you get off the path, who knows where you're going to end up, right? <laughs> and so that's a natural aspect, but the truth is also spiritual. So it's, it's natural and supernatural. So God, we, uh, part of our vision at DCF, we talk about how um, lives are transformed by, by um, uh, um, Grace, by encountering grace and the Holy Spirit, right? So part of who we are is, is we work in terms of grace and help you understand grace. Grace is about teaching. It's about helping you understand how the law is the old covenant and there's a new covenant and that has been done away with. You're, you're no longer responsible to that. You actually were never responsible to it unless you were a Jew, right? And so now here's the new covenant. And so Paul goes through great lengths to work this out logically and to, and to preach into it and talk into it. And, and it's your job to study that and understand that. And the more understanding, the more knowledge you get, the greater understanding of who God is, his nature, what he's like, what he wants you to be like, and the whole list goes on. And at the same time, it's really, really powerful when you get introduced to the one we're talking about, right? So you have this incredible, logical, you know, natural thing that's going on that we need to study our Bibles. We need to understand who God is. And we have moments like this morning where there's this massive encounter with God. And he can do sometimes more in that five minutes than all the teaching that we could do in, you know, in a lifetime. 
And that's what we've discovered, but it takes both. And this principle of the path, this, this thing that I want to talk to you about today is very similar to that. There's a natural side of it and there's a supernatural side of it as well. So here's the simple principle. You find this out throughout scripture. Lots of people have written about this and this is not new. I promise you, you'll know this when I say it. And that's this, that direction determines your destination. In other words, it doesn't matter how much you want to be going east if you're going west. <laughs> you can want it all you want. You can be fully convinced. My wife and I sometimes have disagreements about our directions when we're going, right? She tells me that the G- GPS has made me stupid, which is true. I admit that. <laughs> but sometimes she'll say, we need to turn here, turn here, turn here. And, she's, and you know, she's so confident. And so, and I'm like, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm like the, the Snoopy cartoon, you know, where the, she puts the football down and he comes to kick and she pulls it away every time. And she's been doing it for what, 60 years? And he still falls for it every single week, right? How is that possible? And so we're going, she's like, turn here, turn here, turn here. And we'll turn and I'm like, this is not right. She goes, yeah, yeah, this is totally not it. Like I did it. <laughs> but she's so confident on the front side. So, so the point is, is it's so often that we're, we're completely confident and sometimes even arrogant about the direction that we're going, but we could not be more wrong. And the Bible speaks to that in lots of different ways. It says there's a way that seems right, but the end of it is death, right? So, so part of the question then is, is if that's the case, then can we know the right path? This is the question that a lot of the millennials, the younger generation are asking right now, is can we even know what is true? And the answer is absolutely. That's a, it's the same question that Pilate presented to Jesus, right? What is truth? And too often people say, well, there is no answer for that, or, it does, or you're, you know, it's, it's your truth that matters more than anything. And listen, if you've lived in this life more than 15 minutes outside of Hollywood or New York City, you know <laughs> that there's no such thing as your truth and my truth, right? There's your perspective and my perspective, totally different words. Turns out definitions are important. So the truth is the truth. Um, we, we've said it this way, you know, the Bible is an anvil on which many a hammer has been broken. Because you keep beating at that thing and it turns out it just isn't going to change because God said, my word's not going to ever change. He's not going to change. So there, there, are, there are, thankfully, there are standards, there are cornerstones, there are foundations, there are settled things in, in the kingdom and in the world. And that's what paths are about. The destination that you're going to arrive at is not determined by how much you believe you're going to that destination. (laughs) You can believe it with all your heart and you are still going to end up lost. You ever gotten lost? Was your intention to get, do you you leave that night going, we're going to the restaurant, you know, wherever it is in Atlanta. And then you're looking around going, this doesn't look like Atlanta at all. Why are there cows everywhere, right? You, You got lost, but I'm betting that you didn't try to do that. That just kind of sort of happened to you somehow or another. Why? It's not like there weren't signs. Right? Remember the song, some of you older generation, sign, sign, everywhere there's a sign, blocking out the scenery, losing my mind. (laughs) There's more signs now than when that man wrote that song. Right? There's signs everywhere and yet we miss them. We're distracted. There's tons of reasons why we miss the signs toward the destination. But if we're paying attention, there's several things. I've talked about this numerous times about to get to a destination, you actually have to know where you are. If you're dropped off, dropped off in the middle of the wilderness, it's not actually helpful if you know where New York City is and that's where you're trying to go if you don't know where you are. So you have to have the destination in mind, right? 
And you also have to have a, a starting point. You have to know where you are. And too often people are trying to find a destination. One, they don't even know what the destination is. They definitely don't know the direction to it. And they don't even know where they're starting from. And so all these things are big questions in life. You know, questions like, who do I marry? If I'm a young person, who do I marry? Uh, who, how do I find a good church? Should I go to school? Shouldn't I go to school? Should I make a bunch of money? Should I settle? Should I be, you know, should I get a big education or go into the trades? What should I do? And the answer is, I don't know for you, but I do know for me. Not because I'm, I'm smarter or less smart than you or more educated or less educated, but because at the end of the day, there are predetermined destinations that God had in mind before the foundations of the earth. One of those is for you to come back into the kingdom and know who he is, to let him love you, for you to love him, to let him love you, to let him, to, to understand who he is. And I think Ed talked about this about, in his uh, uh, testimony about small groups, to discover who you are. The only way you can discover who you are is, is to discover who, who the one is who created you in the first place, right? So you want to find out how to work on a car. Here's a good idea. Go talk to the guy who actually worked and built the car, right? Who invented the car in the first place. That'd be a, probably a pretty good person to talk to. So there's these destinations that are in mind, but if, you, if you, your direction is what determines it, not your wishful thinking. So we understand this in geography, right? We understand this in maps. Where we often don't get this is in relationships, right? In finances, in spiritual endeavors, we, we miss it. And so we're like, okay, I'm just going to keep going. I'm keep heading down in a certain direction and, and I'm just going to keep going. And at some point, because God is good, I'm going to end up in a good place. And no, you're not. You're not. And you're going to be disappointed in God because whatever, when you, when you make the statement that God's just going to take care of me, right? That statement has, has uh, clarifying uh, parameters to it. Will God take care of you? Absolutely. The Bible says he, will, he won't even let your foot kick a stone, right? That he will protect you. That I've seen, the, I've seen the, the whole world looking for food, but I've never seen the righteous begging for bread, right? There are a hundred scriptures that talk about God taking care of you. But there's an expectation that when, he, when you're walking in the path, if you're on the path, that God is going to protect you in the path. We, we see this all the time. People say, I'm going to go out and make this, this, this opportunity. There's this opportunity. I'm going to make a bunch of money. And I'm going to go after this. And we say, that seems a little sketchy. I, I don't know if that's a good idea. You know, trying to offer perspective. No, 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 no. God told me. <laughs> and listen, I, you, God can talk to you. I, I'm, I listen to God all the time and I'm doing my best to hear him all the time. But what I've discovered is it's really much easier to hear the voice of God when you're getting perspective from other people who also can hear the voice of God. If nothing else, it clarifies and it challenges you that, to not take it for granted. That if you're, you feel like a direction, or let's say a relationship you're involved in, you feel like that's something the Lord has called you to and you're pursuing that and several of your friends gather around you and say, hey, listen, we want to take you to coffee and talk to you about this person that you're seeing. I'm not sure that maybe that's a good idea. And you know, you got four friends who tell you that and you say, well, God told me. What in the whole world are your friends going to say to that? Like that's, that's the trump card, literally. There's nothing, well, God told you. And, and deep down, everybody's going, there are red flags going off everywhere, right? Same thing with financial decisions, all these decisions that we're making. Because it, it's not just about the Lord talking to you, the supernatural aspect of it, that's important. But it's also there are certain paths that if you go down, you're going to end up at that destination whether you think you heard God or not. 
So it's really, it becomes really, really important to learn how to hear the voice of God, to recognize that the, the, the more challenging decision is, the more perspective that you want to bring in so that you can clarify and make sure you've heard the, Lord, the word of the Lord. And then in this pattern of life, when you say you've heard the Lord and you obviously didn't because of the fruit of it, own it. Take responsibility and go, I totally miss God on that thing and tanked my whole life, whatever it is, own it. And then learn from that and don't be arrogant the next time when you say, I think I, I, you know, I've heard from the Lord. Maybe try something like, I'm pretty sure I've heard from the Lord, right? We do this all the time. We share words from the front. We share words in ministry. We train, we train our teams to do this and say, I feel like the Lord is saying. Now, why do we do that? Because people are desperate to hear the, the direction and have the voice of God in their life, right? And when you say as a leader, when people see you and they respect you and honor you, and you say something like, the Lord told me, you have played the trump card again, right? Whereas you say, I really feel strongly this is the Lord. There's a wiggle room. There's a way for them to say, okay, I'm going to take that because it's my life, not your life. Isn't it fun how people will prophesy to you and then go to their house? Hey, I feel like God wants you to take this job. And you're like, hey, are you going to support me if it goes south? No. <laughs> right? I think we'd have a lot more people responsible in prophecy if we did it that way. But so what do you do? You say, listen, this is my life. This is important. These are things that are valuable. And if this goes south, it's going to tank my life. Your life's going to be fine. You can't see it from your house, right? So we would rather people say, hey, if this, I feel like this is what God is saying. And if you have several people come from different directions with prophetic words, you're reading scripture, it's jumping off the page from you. There are some circumstances that are leading you to believe this. You start looking at all of the different ways that God can speak to you and they're all beginning to line up. You're, it's, pretty, it's a pretty good shot that that's God, right? And then you can learn to trust and you can learn to hear the voice of God and you, can't, and you don't have to be just super spiritual and say, well, the Lord told me and that's it. And uh, you know, it'll work out fine. Because what happens is it doesn't work out fine. And then later on, you're like, well, God lied to me. Really? <laughs> really? That's how you're, you know, that's just crazy. But we do that all the time. Now, we'll never say that out loud. But in our hearts, we're like, God disappointed me. Did he really? Your, your kids ever do this to you? Because <laughs> you say something like, hey, dad, can I go out? Can, I, can, I, can you take me somewhere on Saturday? We'll see. That's a, that's a famous parenting phrase, right? Y'all know what it means. I don't have to go into it. <laughs> we'll see, right? <laughs> and that's exactly what they'll go. But you said, right? They're like the devil saying, God said this. And you're like, God never said that. <laughs> so you have, to, you have to be careful and you have to remind them, no, that's not what I said. And so sometimes you have to get a little more clear and go, there are some other factors involved determining whether we're going to do this. So don't get your hopes up because we may not do this. If we can, we will. It's helpful, right? So, so direction, not intention, not, not passion, not belief, not all those things. Direction determines your destination, not anything else. So let me give you a scripture. It's the only scripture I got for this message today. I'll share a bunch, bunch more, but it's the only one on the screen. This is Proverbs 27, 12. It says, the prudent or the wise see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and they suffer for it. So, so just as a backdrop, Solomon was the wisest man who ever lived. And, and so it was wisdom. Wisdom, if you want to define wisdom biblically, wisdom is learning how God would want you to do that, right? So you want wisdom in your marriage, 
Learn how God wants you to have a marriage. You want wisdom in parenting. You want wisdom in finances. You want wisdom anywhere. Learn how to do that. Learn how God does it. What are, the, what are the patterns? What are the principles? How does God work it? And then learn to listen and hear his voice. So he says, the prudent see danger and they take refuge. Another scripture says, um, says the wise man sees danger coming from afar off, right? And, and he says, and he takes refuge, but the foolish see the same thing and keep going and suffer for it. You ever seen this? You ever seen someone and you're like, um, do you not see what's going on in this relationship? And their answer is, what? <laughs> you know, they did, they did not get into this relationship to get lost, did they? That's not, that's not why they began the relationship, is to end up, you know, shipwrecked somewhere or out in the middle of the desert left for themselves. That's not why they got in this relationship. But you're looking at the direction this relationship is headed, Right? And because you don't have any emotional connection to it, you don't have any, you don't have a dog in the fight, the way Southerners say it. You're looking at it going, hey, I don't know if you see this, but, right, this is headed this direction. And they're like, no, no, you don't know, you don't know him like I know him. That actually might be helpful, right? That they know him a little differently, or you don't know her because I, I know her, and, and, and God told me I'm supposed to be in this relationship. Oh, trump card, boom. So what do you do? This is what happens. When, when wise people challenge your direction, so this is very helpful, how, why God put us in a body. When wise people, people you trust, people who you see the destination of their life has ended up in the way that ought to go, so obviously somewhere along the lines in much of their life they've found good direction, right? And they followed it to destinations in their life that are places you want to go. You want to go where good marriages are. You want to go where good parenting is. You want to go where solid and sound financial um, lifestyle is. You want to go there, right? You want to go where, where people have peace, where they're not worried all the time or concerned or constantly stressed. You want to end up at their same destination. It would behoove us. I just wanted to use that word. It would behoove us. <laughs> you don't use that in real world. Only in preaching we use the word behoove. <laughs> but it would behoove us <laughs> to, to listen to what that person says because that's really like a big sign on the side of the road going, you are going the wrong direction, right? My GPS sometimes will go, um, make a U-turn, make a U-turn. I'm like, shut up, Siri. You don't know where I'm going, right? And Siri's like, well, I, I do actually, and you're going the wrong direction. That's why I'm telling you. But here's the thing, if we, if we ignore the direction, this is what happens. It says the prudent will look at it and go, okay, I've got to get off this path. But the foolish person will look at it and go, it's going to work out fine. Right? It's the old adage like in the cartoons, you see in the cartoons, somebody's in a canoe and they're, they're, you know, they're about 300 yards from a waterfall, but they don't know it, but everybody else knows it, Right? And they're yelling, go, oh, what are you? And they're like, look, they're so excited about my canoe trip. Like, no, they're not. They're trying to tell you you're about to die, right? And then, and then when do they find out? When it's too late, isn't that right? And, and we've all done that to some degree in our lives. We found out, we're like, you know, our mom and dad said, you know, this is probably a bad idea. And you're like, you're old, okay, boomer, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm not gonna do what you say. And then you do it and you're like, you know what? Turns out my mom and dad are pretty smart. Maybe you're not there yet, but you'll get there eventually. So, so that's the whole point is, is recognizing that, that people, the wisdom of someone speaking into your life, the wise person can see it. They're, first of all, they're willing to see it. If you find yourself unwilling to see something, you are destined for the waterfall. 
and not in a good way, right? So keep that in mind. We always say this, did you, did you not see this coming? Weren't there warning signs? Didn't anyone warn you to go down that path? And we say things like, yes, but. <laughs> yes, but they ignored the warning signs. Yes, but they didn't listen to the advice they got. Yes, but they thought it would all work out anyway. Yes, but they thought that they would be the exception, right? You ever been there? And it's just absolute denial. So the principles are, 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 are straightforward. First of all, it describes two kinds of people. Secondly, two responses. And lastly, two outcomes. So let's talk about this for a second. So prudent means wise, right? The wise person says, okay, I see this and I'm going to avoid it. The prudent or the, the unwise person. So there's two kinds of people in, in Solomon's writings. The wise person is always the person who's hearing God, who's recognizing the way God designed things, whether it's parenting, whether it's, whether it's marriage, whatever. And they are living their lives accordingly. They've, they've gotten on a specific path to a certain kind of marriage. People say this all the time. They're like, how in the world did you stay married to Karen for 30-something years, right? That's not really true. They say it the other way. <laughs> Karen, why in the world would you stay married to that knighthead for 30 <laughs> And she's like, you don't know him like I know him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we've had this conversation numerous times, and we're not perfect. Listen, we've had some of the best fights you have ever seen in your life, and most of them have happened on the way to church. Because <laughs> for whatever reason, I don't know why, God's like, ah, I'm going to, let's talk about authenticity and work through some stuff. I'm like, thanks, Jesus. But here's the thing. The only reason it works is because we decided to be on a path of marriage that's biblical and that, and that God is pointing, saying, if you go this direction, this is going to be your outcome, right? And oftentimes in our world, it's swimming upstream. The world's saying, hey, don't do that. It's all about you. It's about selfishness. It's about, you know what? You deserve this. Someone said that recently to my, my wife. They were going through a divorce and wasn't anybody in this church. And so you don't have to worry about it being you or me telling on you. <laughs> but she said, somebody said, you know, I deserve this relationship. They're right out of divorce going into it. I deserve this. I deserve to be happy. And Karen said, you deserve to be whole. I was like, I want her in my life, right? <laughs> now, whether they heard it or not, we'll see. Probably not. They were like, and then here's what's so bad is they go over the waterfall going, why didn't you warn me? And we're like, we did. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I mean, right? Because here's the, here's the truth. And this is what's so sad. At some point, there, there's a point of no return right? My, my dad, my, I love my dad. My dad's, he's one of the, he's one of the kindest men I know. And, and funny, he's so funny because he's, try, he's not even trying to be funny, which is why he's so, so funny. It just cracks my brother up all the time. So we, we had snow in Birmingham one year, and it snowed four inches deep in Birmingham. That's like, you know, 20 feet deep in Canada. So we, we, we planned to go out and sled, you know, so we, somebody had a four-wheel drive. We found the steepest hill in our, in our hometown, and, we, and everybody found it too. And so we were all up there, and we had sleds at the top, and, and the sled went all the way, I mean, the hill went all the way down the bottom, went over this precipice, and at the bottom, it curves hard to the left, right? So, so some people have realized already by now, you, you have to have the kind of sled that you can push and turn, right? So, so we have that sled where if you push, it kind of turns and you can go around the curve. So we're explaining this to my dad. My dad grew up in Kentucky where there's snow, but he didn't have heels at the bottom of his where it cut to the left. Or they were all straight heels, right? But so he said, I got this. I don't need your help. You boys don't know what you're talking about. And my brother and I was like, we'll see. So he gets to the edge and he's going over it and he sees that curve again. But now, <laughs> now he's too far gone. He's like, I changed my mind. I'm like, bye dad. 
He goes, I mean, like 20 miles an hour starts out. He's like hitting 40 by the time he gets to the end of that. And he jumps it over and he lands in kudzu. And it literally took us about 15 minutes to find him and get him out of there. My point is, there's at some point, you see this in sexual relationships, you see this, it's like, you know, you never intend, nobody intends to be pregnant before marriage, nobody intends to do any of this stuff, right? But they get to that precipice, and they're going over it, and they're, you've tried to tell them, and they're going, I changed my mind, <laughs> right? And they're telling God, I changed my Here's the good news, God can redeem anything. He can, thank God for grace. But why would you make him? Why would you do that? It's completely unnecessary. And we make these big messes and go, look at God in the big messes. You see this in testimony. People got, you know, that testimony where that guy was in the mob, you know, and he murdered people and then somehow Jesus saved him and he comes and he shares at the church and everybody's like, oh, that means what it means to be a, a Christian. And some lady sitting there going, I don't remember not being a Christian. My mom and dad were amazing, godly people raised me in the church, you know, talked to me about Christ since the day I was born. At some point, I made it, I don't remember, we have friends like this, I don't remember making a decision for Christ. I, I just remember always loving him and him loving me, and I don't know when it happened, I just know it did. I'm like, why don't we share those? That's much better testimony than some guy who murdered a bunch of people, <laughs> right? Where's their redemption? <laughs> right? I changed my mind. It's too late. There's some things you just don't get back, and we make big messes in our life in the church, and we just generally don't happen to, have to. The simple person says, I'm just going to keep going. It's going to be fine. It'll work out. Here's a test of the simple. I see this all the time. I've been watching this for the last 30-something years in ministry. I'll preach a message, and people will come up to me inevitably most of the time, not so much when I was younger. And they'd say, that's a good message, Dave. <laughs> and I was younger, there's like, huh. <laughs> they were, I was working, they were giving me grace. Anyway, so eventually they started saying, hey, that was a really good message, Dave. It really spoke to my heart. I was like, well, what are you going to do about it? I'm a little kinder, right? But I'm generally going, hey, if the Lord was talking to you about that, what's your next step? What's the action step you're going to walk away with? What are you going to do tomorrow on Monday? You're just going to go do what you've been doing? Because if you are, guess what's going to happen? You know the old adage, you keep doing what you've been doing, you're going to keep getting what you've been getting. Do you want a new destination? Or are you happy with the one you have? If you want a new destination, you're going to have to do something different. And this is what happens all the time. This is a test of the simple. You hear God say something. Someone gives you some advice. Someone challenges you. You hear it and it gets through whatever thick part of your skull that's trying to block it. Somehow it gets through a little bit, just enough to go, that's probably a good idea. I should do that. Here's the next question. What do you do with it? If you're prudent, you go, I should probably start a different path on Monday morning, whatever that looks like. I'm, I'm overweight. I don't feel good. I know I need to work out. The doctor says, if you don't work out, you know, this, these bad things are going to happen. And I go, that's really good. It's kind of like doctors who smoke, right? <laughs> you know, talk, like, you, come on, you know, like, you know, that's a bad idea. Why are you doing that? Uh, it'll be fine. No, <laughs> there'll be new medical breakthroughs by the time I get, no, they're not. You know better. But something comes through, and if you, if you go and say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually start doing something different. And here's what often happens. People say, but I don't even know how to start. I was sharing with this some, somebody, I forget who it was. Sometimes when, I, when there's something big God asks me to do, like God's taken us as a church in a new direction, right, as we go into the next 10 years. That's part of what this legacy, you know, that we're talking about. This is the future of what God's doing in us. Rich history, lasting legacy. What is it going to look like? 
And, and at some point I'm like, ha, oh, Lord, that's huge. And I don't really know if I'm up to that task. But here's the whole thing. The, the person I'm going to be when that's happening has to begin to change today, right? I have to become that person so that God can use me to do those things, right? So that means I have to grow in leadership. I have to grow in understanding. I have to grow in skill sets. There's a lot of things I have to do. I have to learn to delegate more. There's a lot of things I have to learn to do. But if I don't start now, uh, that place, if that's five years away, it is always going to be five years away, right? And if, you, if we're honest, that's the way most of us live our lives. We, we know what we need. We see the destination. We know we need a new path, but we don't do the thing we know we need to do. And this is what I was sharing with the person. I'm like, if I ever get discouraged and thinking, man, that's too big. How do I do that? I learned in time management that you just have to break everything down into small pieces, right? You can eat an elephant. You just can't eat it in one sitting, right? So you, it's going to take a while. And there, there's this, I've shared this before. There's this, some Russian guy who ate a Cessna airplane. I'm just going to give you this a second for that because he literally ate a Cessna airplane. And I was like, why? <laughs> right? That's the first question. <laughs> but secondly, how do you eat an airplane, right? And the answer was he ground it up and he put a little bit in his food every day. Now, there's probably some doctors and nurses going, yeah, I should probably not do that. That's not a good, he's Russian. He probably doesn't care, right? It's like, I need some excitement in life. So, but here's the whole thing. He, you can do anything if you, if you break it down into bite-sized steps. So, so the answer to, I know I need a destination, but I don't know what to do, don't let that be a cop-out. Let it be a challenge to grow. Let it be a challenge to say, then I need to find out. If you, if you want a better marriage, find someone in here in this church, and if you've got friends who, that you trust and other, other, that's fine, but find someone who has, who's already arrived at that destination and their marriage is doing really well and go say, hey, I'd love to buy you coffee. I've got some questions about my marriage. It seems to be going south a little bit and I'd love some help in this. And I promise you, they'll be, they'll be there to help you. We, there's, we, people who have walked in wisdom love to share their wisdom. You know why? Because it rescued them. God used it to rescue them, to keep them from going down a bad path. And, and ended up in a destination. So the test of the simple is, if you know what to do, are you actually going to do it? The simple always suffer harm. Always. Why? N- not because they, they have to be simple, but because they choose to be simple. So you, there are a lot of excuses why you can't do some things. And you see this on the internet a lot, motivational speakers. You know, there's this one guy who's, who's got no arms and no legs, and he's a motivational speaker. He's married, and he's got kids. And I'm like, you know, my ankle hurts a little bit when I get up in the morning. <laughs> but man, I'll milk that sucker all day long if I can. Right? I don't know, Karen, if I can go walk the dog, my ankle's hurting a little bit. Right? And we, we all do it. And, and Karen's like, whatever. <laughs> she's, she's like, come with me, don't come with me, I'm walking the dog. And so I finally go. Anyway, the point is, there's, there's, there's going to come a point where all the options are bad. If you don't change the destination, if you don't change the path you're on, at some point you're going to get over that precipice and all of your options are now bad. And you don't want that. So there's hundreds of examples. I've used a bunch of them already. You know, planning for retirement. That's a big one. It's like, oh, you know, the government's going to take. What has the government done that you have noticed that they do really, really well and if that's the case, why would you trust them with your money, right? <laughs> Don't do, 
here, the government, I'm not anti-government. I know people and people are the government, right? So I'm just saying, <laughs> and, and we all know this, but we're going to trust. And, and this is what we say. I'm trusting the Lord. And the Lord, if you go through scripture, take a Dave Ramsey class. We get ready this, this year. We're going to do a small group around Dave Ramsey and biblical financial principles. Why? Because if you learn that, you don't have to be poor. You can actually become very fruitful with your finances. So there's tons of examples. Here's the application. There's probably areas that I've been talking about, and you're like, you know what? I've got some relationships that are, are headed toward the wrong destination, and I know it. And I need to think about what to do with that. I've got some things going on with my finances. I need to take some, I need to take some steps, right? One of the big ones I'm working through myself, there's stuff for health. Uh, there's some things that I need to do. And I, it's not like I don't know what to do. It's not like I can't afford to do it. <laughs> Walking's free. <laughs> so it's just that you have to change the pattern in, in your life. You have to make some decisions. And we've all messed up in that way. But I, I feel like what the Lord is saying to us is if, if, you will, if you will take heed of this, that many of the things that you begin in the natural will begin to occur and you'll begin to see things happen in the supernatural. Karen, Karen worked for a weight loss company for many years and it wasn't a fad diet kind of thing. They would just teach you how to eat properly the right kinds of foods, the right amounts of foods, and they would, they would teach you how to do that. And really what they were doing is it, they could have called it a, a habit-changing organization because it was more of that than it was food. It was just about food. And watch regularly people's lives transform because they lost a, a, a bunch of weight. We were at a church in, in Longview, Texas, and, and one of the ladies there who was, who was very overweight, and usually they were like, if you're X amount of pounds overweight— it's usually more than just a food issue. It's usually something going on psychologically, right? That's just common sense. And they would see change and happening in people and their whole lives would be turned around and it would freak husbands out because all of a sudden their wife who was, you know, she's attractive to them and, you know, and she's, she's cute and everything. All of a sudden she's not just cute, she's beautiful and he's not, <laughs> which is normally the case, but even more so, right? And they would find marital problems. Let me ask you something. You think those marital problems weren't there before? They were just hidden, right? So it's amazing how when you begin to go down these new paths, how the Lord begins to open doors and uncover other things. And this is what is amazing to me. People will come and go, oh, I'm freaking out because this thing, and I'm looking at it going, that's awesome. What are you talking about? You're headed down the wrong path and God just exposed that big puppy so everybody could see it, especially you. Praise God. Now you can actually do something about it. So it's not about shame. It's not about beating you up. Thank God for grace. But grace is not an excuse. My wife says this all the time. Grace is not an excuse to be lazy. Something we have to do. So let me wrap it up with this. At the end of the day, I've been telling you about all the paths that you could be on that you need to get off of. What I haven't shared with you is what about the paths you should get on, right? Some of them are common sense, the natural stuff. The Lord's talking to us as a church. We're celebrating next week this big celebration. Greg's coming in. He's going to share his per perspective translocally, apostolically. He's, he doesn't have emotion vested in us. He's not the day-to-day -day thing. So he and Michelle are going to come in, and they're going to prophesy. They're going to preach into, and they're going to speak into us as a church. This is why we listen for this as elders. We go, God, what are you saying? Because you have a destination in mind for us as a church. Do you think, I asked somebody this a couple years back, I said, when you think of DCF in five to 10 years, what do you think about? And this person said, I see the room full. 
And I said, it bothers me that you're still in the same room. <laughs> right? Because this, why are we letting, you know, block walls define the growth and the impact that we're supposed to have as a body? Why would we do that? Right? So I want to challenge you. As we move into this next sphere, we were talking about this in prayer time, God's going to ask you to take, take thought about some new destinations. As they begin to be uncovered, you're going to have to get off of a certain path and get on a new one. Some of those things are going to be priorities. This has been the priority in my life, and God's saying, I want this to be the priority in, in your life. Where you've done this, I want you to do this. I want you to let go of this and grab hold of this now. And here's the thing. If all of us do that, What's going to begin to happen is, as a church, the, the water level for the entire church is going to come up, right? When the water level goes up, it floats all boats, right? So it, when the water level of our church goes up, it begins to impact our sphere of influence in the city. I said this last week, the Holy Spirit is in you for you, right? He's on you for others, and he's among us as a church for the sake of the city. God's intention in this church is not to fill this room. God's intention in this church is to see the kingdom come in all of its power, all of its glory. To have testimonies on a constant basis of people going, man, I was at a restaurant, you know, and Val, crazy Val came over and prayed for me and gave me a word of knowledge. And how did she know? Was she like hiding in my bushes? Well, Val doesn't normally hide in the bushes, so probably not, but I don't know. It's a good question to ask yourself because it's one of the two, right? <laughs> So, so the whole point is, is as we gear up, we're going to have to take some risks. Some of you guys grew up in a cessation uh, kind of mindset in church, and the gifts and the ministry of the Holy Spirit scares you to death. To you, it's like eating an elephant or eating a Cessna airplane. You don't even know why you would do it, right? But if God's saying, hey, I want you to do this, there are reasons why he wants you to do this. And that means your mind is going to have to be transformed you're going to have to allow that to happen. You have to get yourself in a, in a place where you're saying, I'm willing to learn and grow and walk in things in the spirit in new and more powerful ways. We've been praying and we're going to do this with our ministry team. We're going to begin to put words of knowledge up on the screen. So at the end of our services, we're going to have the people who have prayed, who are going to be praying for you, the people who prayed before, words of knowledge up there that we prayed and we feel like this is what God is saying. Is that you? And I'm praying and I'm hoping and I'm believing that it's going to get to the place where there are going to be people's names up there right? This is you. Your name's John. You got a problem with your knee and God wants to help you with that or whatever. And it's going to be, you're going to look at that and go, ah, right? So either it's, we're just making stuff up or God wants to break through in people's lives and bring his love and his compassion and his kindness into this world. And as he does that in all of us, it begins to change the world around us. And more and more people become wise in the ways of the kingdom, the ways of the world, and we begin to rescue the simple. Amen? To put it in spiritual terms, person who's on their path, on path to salvation and walking in the fullness of God's kingdom, and then someone who's fully supplied financially in all these other ways, what is it, what's it gonna, it's what Jesus, the way Jesus says it, what's it gonna matter if you gain the whole world and you lose your soul, right? Why don't you stand with me? So Lord, we just say thank you for... Understanding paths, Lord, these things we need to do, Lord, we have to, we have to act on something new, Lord, we have to do something different. Lord, you've called us to something different. And so, Lord, as we open our heart to say, Lord, what is it you want to change? Is there a path that I need to step off of? Lord, is there a path I need to step onto? 
God, would you help us not to ignore the signs, Lord, not to ignore wisdom, Lord, to capture your heart and to hear your voice and to walk in it, Lord, and to know it's you, Lord, to learn your voice if we're not sure. And Lord, as we step into new things, Lord, these new paths, God, I pray that you would give us courage. You encourage us so often in so many things. Would you give us courage for this, that we would be willing to risk because the value is so great on the other side. And for that, Lord, we trust you. Speak to us, Lord, and let people make different choices as they go away. Let Monday morning start with new actions. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.